Hey, Triple Cross Podcast. Welcome back to it. You're here with your guys, Casey and John. Uh, we can't stay away from you. Uh, we love all the beautiful responses we're getting, all the comments, all the interaction we're having on these videos lately. So please keep that up. We enjoy it, and we're glad to see that you enjoy it as well. Today we're going to be breaking down championship weekend, kind of talking about both the matchups we saw uh, last weekend, and we'll also take a look forward towards the Super Bowl. And we're going to remind you also of our fantastic giveaway we have going on here soon. But before we do Triple Cross Podcast, you know we got to start it off by opening the show. So away we go! Receiver screen, good play, big play, and in for the touchdown. And Turner looks for the deep left field. Ranging back is Profar, and it's a one-nothing start for the Dodgers. Second batter of the game, and the Dodgers take a one-to-nothing lead. John, my guy, thank you for joining me here today. Uh, before we get into last weekend's action, I got to know, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, buddy. Uh, it is so cold. Like, I, I feel like I've been talking about the weather like multiple times, but it's because it's been crazy. We got like two feet of snow and it is like negative 10 during freaking middle of the day. Sun's out, negative 10. It's a real bummer. You know what they say. You got the sun's out. You got to pull the guns out, baby. Yeah, they might free I, I don't know man it's cold it's like that kind of cold guns. that like when you go outside and you inhale you're like i might die right now you know yeah, like, you feel like you might have just inhaled a knife into your lungs Oof. oh man yeah. yeah when you put it like that i know exactly what you mean is that kind of cold or like the the like the snot inside your nose freezes like ugh, yeah it's is that kind of cold how do people do the knife swallowing things i know there's a trick know, to man. it man Maybe it's just, just like the know. same way, like, well, I don't know if we need to get into this, but, you know, you could ask the same kind of thing. How does anybody put anything really large down there? All right. And if no? you're a nice swallower, just tell us how you do it in the comments, because <laughs> uh, we got some football to talk. Uh, John, I want to start kind of where uh, where I want to start, uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, 49ers Eagles, right? That was a game. Uh, it was a game. Generally. Yeah. I mean, it was you can call it a game. Yeah. It was not great. Uh, if you were on my side of the line, uh, we saw the fourth Niners quarterback of the season go down. They literally ended up without uh, an active quarterback that could throw the ball. Um, almost had CMC come in at quarterback, Christian McCaffrey, to take snaps and be their emergency quarterback. Uh, so it wasn't much of a competitive game. John, what did you think of the, about this one? I mean, we kind of got our live reactions. So, I mean, I would say, like, if you want to see Casey just emotionally sort of degrade over, like, a three-hour period, uh, then you should watch our live stream of the Niners-Eagles game. He goes through, like, all five stages of denial there. But, yeah, I don't know. Okay, if you really want me to break it down, um, I, I don't know if I'm fully sold that the Niners would have won anyway. Um, but it's what sucks about it is like, now we never know, right? Like now we don't know. It was a game. Like it was a good game before that. 
Um, I think beforehand, I I expected a little bit more Niners dominance. Um, and and I guess it's just that they scored. I guess it was like a first possession score that I guess surprised me. So maybe maybe that doesn't happen. But it's not. It, it's so tough because the Eagles still put up plenty of points. But how much of that is because the defense was on the field a lot? Because the offense wasn't as good. You you don't you never know that stuff. Like you know, the defense gave up more points probably than they have all season. Um, so I don't know. It, it's a tough one because I know that everything has a ripple effect. But at the same time, you know, well, how many how many points did the Eagles end up scoring? Like thirty one or something like that. Yeah, it wasn't great. Let's say it's the same scenario and the Eagles actually score thirty one points. Like, do I think the Niners would have put up more than thirty one? No. Uh, so the game script would have had to go different. Like we would have had to, the Niners would have had to have uh, more time of possession and that would have had to been a lower scoring game overall. Uh, Cause I didn't really see like a scenario where in the Niners were going to put up more than 31 points. And I think I agree to disagree with you on that one. I think they could, they could overcome 31 points. They've been on a pretty long streak of doing that. Uh, so I think they would have been able to, but at the same time, I think the game script would have gone differently uh, to some degree anyway, as long as their offense yeah. was full strength, just to what degree, I think there's a good chance the Eagles don't put up that many points. Um, but even if they did, I think there's still a, a pretty solid chance the Niners make at least a way better game out of it. And and I think definitely a great shot to take the game. But like you said, uh, we'll, we, will, we will really never know. And that's a bummer. Uh, really, it should be for both teams. I don't think that, uh, like at least the fans that I respect the most, they're saying things like, you know, I, I'm glad my Eagles won, but I wish it would have happened differently kind of thing, you know, like, and that's kind of how I would have said it had, had I been in the other shoes, you know, um, but you mentioned it. We have our live reactions already on that live stream show that we did, but we have had some time to look at things uh, because for those who don't know, while we're live streaming, we aren't really listening. Uh, sometimes we have it on really faint in the background, but we can't have it up very loud because we're trying to have a conversation during the game and we might miss some things that you all at home are hearing more loud and clear. Um, sometimes it gets fed to us through the chat, uh, but especially now a few days removed, we might catch up on some other storylines that I think it would be wise of us to kind of touch on at least since it's not covered quite as well in that live episode. So um, most of them, uh, the only two I have kind of on point, John, I don't know if you have any thing that comes to your mind in this vein, but the first thing I think that, we'd be very remiss not to mention is the Devonta Smith catch um, catch in quotes for sure. Uh, we all have had probably time to look back on that fourth down fourth and three play. I think it was uh, in the first quarter. I think it was that first drive, actually the first touchdown drive of the game. First drive for the Eagles. Uh, there was a long pass completed to Devonta Smith and he did their little hand signal for like, hurry up back to the line. We need to snap the ball. Uh, you know, yeah. Because he knew he didn't catch it. Complete the catch. Uh, the judges, the refs on the field did not see it. The sky judge did not get involved quickly enough to uh, do their kind of quick automatic review. Kyle Shanahan didn't throw a challenge flag. Eagles rush up to the line, snap the ball. Um, from my point of view, really smart football on their part. It's not up to them to tell the refs that they didn't catch the ball. Uh, it is up to them to try to benefit their team and try to kind of exploit the rules to some degree exploit not, not in any like deceptive way or anything like that it's the way you want to manipulate or manage the rules uh, good on their part bad on the officiating uh, and bad on Kyle Shanahan in my opinion John what are your thoughts on that? 
I don't think Kyle Shanahan got a good enough. Like, what was it on his sideline? Was it right in front of him? You know what I mean? No. I, I don't think anybody in the Niners camp really got a good enough shot of it to, because to me, it actually it looked like a catch. You know what I mean? Like, it was only you would add to replay it, right? Uh, probably There's the only best one person, angle. right? Probably probably the best. And it it took a free few replays to know that it wasn't a catch. So probably the best person to like say something about it would have been the sky judge, but they hurried up back to the line. So I don't know. Are people criticizing Kyle Shanahan for that? I mean, I, I guess they, it's like, yeah, the, the, the general, the, the general takes the blame, right? You know what I mean? So like if I'm Kyle Shanahan, then I'm saying, yeah, look, it's, it's on me, but I don't know. I, I think I'm maybe a little more understanding about it. Cause it's like, I don't, I don't think he had like a good enough shot at that, like a good enough look at that quickly enough to actually throw a challenge flag and I mean, those challenge flags are like, you don't want to burn them. You know what I'm saying? Like right. there it's, no. you're burning a timeout doing that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I can get, I get why he didn't do it Any thought early in the game. Even if they do score right there at that time, he probably figured it's fine. We'll, you know, we'll score too. Any thought that can be had will be had and inevitably eventually posted onto the internet. So yeah, people are criticizing Kyle Shanahan, but he was pretty open about it in the presser after the game that they showed the same replay that we all saw at first on the Jumbotron. Right. Is that what they still, they don't call it Jumbotron anymore. That's such a like nineties term. I feel like, no, nah, I mean, I think what else you can call it. I don't know. The, they say, the like, big TV big up screen, top, the big TV. Like at the t- Yeah. <laughs> the, the big replay screen. They, uh, they are criticizing him. I think semi unfairly. I mean, it's a miss, but it's like, it's one of those forgivable misses. It wasn't like, I think he should have thrown the flag, especially seeing how how uh, Smith reacts to the catch in question. If you see a receiver calling for a hurry up on a play that deep after he supposedly caught the ball, uh, probably worth burning it there. But I could see like it's we're Monday morning quarterbacking. So um, we can kind of let him go on that one. I think Uh, the other point I had here was uh, the Eagles, uh, you know, I think a little bit unfairly too, just to to not to show that I'm not uh, to show I'm trying to be objective and fair about the Eagles who did win the game. Uh, like I said, nothing in that game was the Eagles' fault. Uh, do I think they played incredible? No, uh, they played well enough by far to win that game um, without a quarterback on the other side. I think it would have been a game for sure if the Niners were healthy there. Um, but something I've seen other people bringing up on the internet is the Super Bowl route for the Eagles to, uh, you know, to get there, to get all the way. They're saying it's the easiest route that they ever could have had, you know? I mean, and I think that's in a hindsight. Unfair. In hindsight. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a little unfair, though, uh, because, uh, you know, and this is me, you know, giving respect to the Eagles. They started off the season super hot. They put themselves in a great position to have a great record uh, at the time of the season's end. And they, because they started so good, they could even taper off kind of at the end, which they did. Uh, but they had quarterback health issues, which as a Niners fan, that makes total sense. You know, uh, we fell off a little bit there with Brock Purdy, a little bit. We fell off completely with Brock Purdy out of the game and Josh Johnson couldn't do it. Why would we expect more out of the Eagles when Jalen Hurts had to miss time? So, yeah, they kind of petered out at the end of the season, but they came back strong in the playoffs. They earned a bye week so he could get healthy. That's great on them. And then, yeah, they earned the one seed, so they deserve the easiest route. They deserve all the easy matchups, on paper at least, to get uh, to the Super Bowl. The one stroke of luck, which, again, you can't count it against them, is, yeah, they, they injured the Niners quarterback in the first quarter of that game. So did they ever really play the Niners Niners, like full-strength Niners? No. They never had to beat that team, but it, it's not anything against them. They had a lucky 
one thing happened, the rest of it, I'd say they set up for themselves. So, John, anything to what to say about people who think the Eagles just had a really easy route, maybe even that it was borderline rigged so we could see a Kelsey-Kelsey Super Bowl? What do you think? Uh, if it was rigged, then it would have been rigged on the other game, I think. You know, if, it, if it's rigged for a Kelsey-Kelsey Super Bowl. So you're saying the Chiefs only won because the game was rigged? Well, I don't think you can rig like a quarterback getting injured in the first quarter. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I, I just, it just, and then, and then the, the fourth string quarterback, like, just like, Hey, just in case this guy catches fire, like, how do we, like, how do you rig that? You know what I mean? Like, that's just yeah, let's hurt him like, too, without, just because. without paying some people, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, like if anything, that, that AFC championship game, if, it, if we're going to be real conspiracy theorists here and go down the like birds, not real path, then uh, then I'm going to say it would be the AFC championship game that was rigged. And and there was some call, like there was I mean, there was a lot of calls that went against the Bengals in that game. Um, some of them were legit. Some of them were ticky tack. Some of them were like, I don't think great calls, honestly. Um, and like some no calls in the Chiefs favor. Right. So. You know, I, we said during the stream, like, it's never the ref's fault. I would more, maybe as much as any game I've ever seen, I would definitely understand a Bengals fan that felt like, you know, the ref sold that game. Um, I can imagine. And, I know what you'll think about this already, but I yeah. think one of the reasons why, uh, you know, and again, this is not just bailing out the Niners at all, but one of the reasons why a Bengals fan might feel a little bit more validated than usual is because we did see such a one-sided game right before that. And I'm not saying that, I mean, there was, there were too many penalties committed by the Niners, but I think we did see some, some ticky tack ones kind of poured on top of some legitimate penalties that the Niners committed just kind of seemed like the rain was, you know, when it rains, it pours on the Niners and then coming into the next game of the day, it's kind of just starts feeling that way against one team a little bit. Again, I think it makes it easy and more of a credible claim when they go, Hey, they're just, either they're fixing every game or they're they're trying to game script something from the officiating you know i think it becomes it's a i'm not saying objectively it's it's more of a valid thing to bring up but they feel more justified in talking about it because they're like yeah it was it was happening all day it was all the whole weekend was the whole round like they just they wanted a kelsey kelsey super bowl i've heard that uh quite a few places so i think that's the reason why that we're we're hearing that so much stuff the proverbial they being the nfl the nafa LA. Yes. Okay. So, I mean, are we saying that like there's like over tampering here where like somebody has told the refs like make sure these two teams win is like is that how far people are going here cuz that to me is a stretch, right? And and given I'm not like I'm not prone to conspiracy theories generally. Right. Um well, yeah. So, it's in sports ones, but like what what you just said, that's like Oh, I mean, you're saying it's the WWE, like it's just all scripted. I mean, that's uh, a talking point that we're hearing a ton, right? Is that the NFL technically files their taxes as an entertainment company. Um, right. I think other sports do too, but some don't, I think. Well, that's so, what sports yeah. are. Yeah. Let's but it's not a, make no mistake. There's Of course, but I don't think they always are filed that way um, somehow in tax. I, I think there's a case that somebody. More uh, yeah. Sometimes I think some may. I think some sports organizations are like technically nonprofits. Yeah, there's um, different different categories you could fall in. But I again, uh, 
just to be clear, I don't subscribe to the conspiracy theories we're talking about. And that's where we are when we're talking about NFL rigged any time. Uh, but I think it's more so that these are some of the richest people in the world who are owners of these teams and they know how to protect their investments. And I'm not saying that it's scripted, but I think that that's a, a loophole in the tax system. If, if I've heard correctly from some, again, some people who know more about the system than I do that filing as an entertainment company just is a smart thing to do financially uh in that situation so anyway um yeah i'm not subscribing to that i just wanted to float that out there because you hear it a lot uh of course it comes off the back of a lot of salty fans too that their team just got eliminated so uh i'm not subscribing to that not trying to perpetuate it really but we do want to talk about it a little bit because it's part of the conversation right now Uh, i think more people are claiming that than ever uh but to continue down this game the Bengals chiefs game before we kind of move on past it uh Bengals chiefs what did you see from Mahomes? I mean, coming in, obviously, with an injury, uh, even though he wasn't on the injury report. Uh, what did you think about his play? Did you see him particularly limited? Were you impressed with how he played, considering? Were you impressed regardless? Uh, what did you see from Pat Mahomes? He was definitely limited. I don't think anybody could say he wasn't. I mean, Absolutely. I don't know. Are people saying he wasn't? Because that I don't think anybody could say he wasn't limited. Like he was, he certainly was, he could not roll to his left that well. And he did it a couple times. Uh, I think at cost, uh, he did it a couple times and paid for it. Um, but yeah, he, he could not roll out to his left that well, because when you roll to the left, you have to throw like off that right foot going kind of a different direction. Um, and yeah, so so we call, we call he, that a Brock Purdy special, by the way. He, he's, yeah, he he's he was, a weird right hander who's better at throwing rolling out to his left and throwing than right. So. There are others. Um, There's a few, yeah, yeah. One of the Mannings you, used to be better at rolling to their other side as well. well. Usually like they either they rolled. Or, usually they didn't roll, but if they did, yeah, right, right, they don't do. <laughs> Brett Favre, Brett Favre was better at rolling to his opposite side. Um, right. Yeah, I think usually yeah, like statistically they speaking. Look, they either look really awkward or it's because they were like an ex-baseball player. You get a lot of those, especially in the middle infield, which is what Purdy was. Right. Um, anyway, so, sorry, not, not about but, him. Yeah, but... Russ Wilson, who's a drafted second baseman. Um, right. I, I want to know about Mahomes, though, John. Was he limited yeah. just in his abilities, what, what he was able to do out there, or was he actually limited uh, from a performance mindset, too? Because, I mean, you'll get a stat line, and it's still a no. great stat line. No, this is what I think. I, like people say, he's like the Michael Jordan of the NFL in terms of like this is maybe the most skilled player we've ever seen. And we still saw some of it where it'd be like, "Gosh, this guy will be go on, he, on his way to the ground and he'll complete a pass." You know what I mean? Right. Um, or like, like he'll do like a basketball step through, you know, and like get get the ball in a shuffle pass to somebody or into the flats or whatever. So we still saw all of that Mahomes magic. You know what I'm saying? Um, it, it definitely, like, I think he probably took more sacks than he might have otherwise. He probably took more, uh, like, he probably grounded more balls, right? He prob- probably, uh, not intentionally grounded, but probably threw away more balls or grounded more balls than he otherwise would have because he couldn't just put it on the ground and, like, run it for a few yards or whatever. Um but yeah, like we definitely saw him limited in his ability, but it was it was certainly a champions adjust situation and he definitely adjusted. So if we're saying that game with like I definitely think the Bengals had some calls not go their way, you know, no doubt about it. Uh, but I was really impressed with how well he like Mahomes played like better than maybe any other quarterback can not even consider like 
he's not injured. Let's say he's not injured. Like this is just how well he plays. Like he was a he was a great quarterback with without any asterisks next to it. Um I also love that the way that they won was that he like the one time he put it on the ground and ran was like to get that first down that got them the win. Um that was a super unfortunate penalty, but yeah. Unfortunate or kind of lack of awareness i think it, it's unfortunate for sure uh but I don't it know was a little frustrated thing. i think and mahomes wrong time to be frustrated i think you mahomes just sold it like oh. that was a that was a james harden flop if i've ever seen well, one I'll man talk about this too because i think that there's just a lot of factors going into that was there a shove yes uh like was it an actual penalty yes was yeah. there so was there a shove was there a certain amount of force that perpetuated him to the ground Yes, I don't think he could have not gone to the ground. I think there was enough force where he's going to go down. And he's on a busted ankle. So yeah. you've even seen there, like, it looks like a flop for sure. I think there's a certain percentage oh, of it flop as well. I think he but it was – was, how, yeah. much, how much does a hurt ankle kind of give off a little bit extra of appearance like a major flop? Because you kind of, like, tuck a leg that would otherwise catch you because you're like, no, I don't want to plant that ankle right yep. now. I'll hurt myself. I'll put it this way. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying any of that is false. And I, everybody on the field, including the refs know that he's got a hurt ankle. Uh, But I'll put it this way, you know, like I had a basketball coach one time who told, who told me, Hey, if you get fouled, make sure the refs know about it. Like, you know, (laughs) don't, don't get fouled and let them not know about it. Right. So that's why you hear dudes in the NBA, you know, yelling, yelling for their, like, they get fouled and they go, ah, like, you know, uh, and Mahomes did the football version of that. Like he felt it. He taught and I, he definitely, there was some arm action and some rolling action that I'm like, I don't think that was necessary, but you just wanted to make sure to lock up that whistle. And, but, but it wasn't wrong, right? Like, it's not like he sold a penalty that wasn't actually a penalty. It was a penalty. So I'm okay with it, but agreed boneheaded play. Uh, yeah. you know, the game wasn't over anyway. They would have had to have won it in overtime probably or whatever in heroic moments. Or kicked a long field goal. And honestly, that's a tall task anyway against Mahomes and the Chiefs. Uh, Before we – well, let's keep going down the line here. Uh, Cincinnati's offense, what did you see about it? It's the last we're going to see them this year. Uh, We talked about Mahomes a little bit there and a little bit about their offense. Joe Burrow on the other side is another prolific quarterback in the league, up and coming, probably top five in most people's mind as far as a get you. As a a third year. As a third year. And we're seeing that as a trend, kind of, that younger quarterbacks are slowly taking over the league uh, as opposed to those legends. Uh, But there are some other guys that I think are worth mentioning. I think early on in the game, Tyler Boyd was a big part of what kind of got the Bengals out of their funk that was going on a little earlier in the game. And then late, late in the game, and I don't know what it is about certain QBs and their deep threat guy, uh, not to say that Jamar Chase is just a deep threat guy, but didn't seem like Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow were really firing on all cylinders until later in the game when you saw that massively big play there on the uh, what was the third down, a long third down, uh, yeah. deep play. That kind of looked to me like, oh, this could be when the when the Bengals come back in and, and take this game. But I was wondering why it took until the fourth quarter for that to happen. What did you see from the Cincinnati offense besides those things or comment on those things as well? Yeah, uh, I... I'm I'm I mean look I'm impressed with Joe Burrow honestly in this game I actually I picked the Chiefs right mm-hmm. but I just found myself cheering for whoever was on offense <laughs> well that's what <laughs> AFC fans want 
Yeah, it was like, you know, like the ball would switch directions and I'd be like, I'm kind of with I'm I kind of am a Bengals fan now, you know. Um <laughs> it's hard not it, to do in those games. I know, but but I mean I'm super impressed with you. I, I'm gonna I don't want to recite all the talking points everybody has, but the dude has ice in his veins and he's young. Like you don't see that a lot from young dudes. The other thing he can do that he showed that I I guess I don't think of him as this, he can run. Like he can get some yards on his legs and I don't necessarily think of him that way. Cause he's typically a pretty patient passer um, and, and more of a pocket passer. But like when the chips are down and he's not able to connect with Jamar chase uh, and they need a first down, like he'll get it for you. Uh, and he, like he even shook a guy. I think he shook, mm-hmm. like he had like one dude, he kind of juked out of his shoes to, I can't even remember who it was, but to get a first down in a super clutch situation. So my, we saw some comp- really, my comp really for him good. is actually a younger guy, by the way. Just sorry to interrupt you, but it's on that point. Uh, I would comp him to Trevor Lawrence, actually, or tre- yeah. uh, comp Trevor Lawrence to him. They came out of the draft back-to-back years, top picks, yeah. uh, best QB in the draft, and they were both just – I would describe them both as just good football players first, who even at the NFL level, you know, they're still that guy who – in peewee football or in high school football, he was playing quarterback for his team, then became a receiver or whatever. That's who those guys are still in the NFL. They're doing it with some athleticism, even though that's not how they make their living running the ball all day. Like Lamar, uh, they can still play the position, but they're just still athletic enough at the end of the day to pull something out like that when you need it. Kind of same with uh, Mahomes, I would say. Yeah, Mahomes is in that. Kyler Murray's Kyler Murray's more of a runner, I think. More um, of a runner. Lamar, more of a runner. Even Allen, a little bit more of a designed runner. Hurts for sure. Yeah. Separate kind of category with those guys. I'd yep. Say. Uh, no, yeah, I, I, I'm just impressed by Joe's clutch play and his like just ice in his veins, super calm, cool Joe. Um, the Jamar Chase thing. So uh, I think the Chiefs schemed a certain way. They essentially said like. Uh, we're going to make someone else beat us, right? Uh, and, and to be fair to the Bengals, they have plenty of other weapons, right? Like if that's what the, if that's how the Chiefs are going to scheme and they're going to say the, the game destroyer is Jamar Chase, right? That's the person who can destroy the game. So let's just make someone else beat us. The Bengals still have enough other, wep- other weapons and they were healthy, right? To, right. to be able to beat them. Um, many Bengals fans said, well, they would have, if, uh, the refs wouldn't have sucked so bad. So, and, and I don't think that's invalid. I think at the end of the day, I'm like, mm, how many games have gone that way? You know, that we, that that's not how history is written. You know what I mean? Uh, how many games over the past 20 years, 30 years have been like that, where it's like, if you were watching, you might've thought, Hey, the refs sort of blew this one. Um, but that's just not how the history is written, right? If the, if the chiefs go on to win the Super Bowl. Nobody's going to think, well, it should have been the Bengals because the they'll think that for a while and then we'll forget about it. So I, yeah, I don't know. Like that's, that's kind of what I have to say about the refs, but yeah, at the all end right. of the day, the Bengals had all the tools to win it. So if you can't connect with Jamar chase, because the chiefs are scheming for that and they're saying, we're going to make anyone else beat us, then, then he's got to connect somewhere else. Like he just, and he did, but not enough. All right. So just a quick minute on these defenses. I think anything Cincinnati had going for it at all is just overshadowed by the uh, penalty that we already talked about. So I don't have much else to say about them, honestly. I'll, I'll uh, say but- one more thing. One more thing I want to say about the Chiefs offense is Sky Moore and Valdez Scanling, uh, who I had in fantasy all year, and he was kind of like a bench player, mm-hmm. uh, stepped up big time. Like super big impressed time. with those two. Big time. A few you know? guys did. Uh, Kadarius Tony as well. Jet McKinnon yep. looked fine. And Travis Kelsey. 
Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey played like pretty average-ish for da- Travis yeah. Kelsey, right? Did like we even say not... Isaiah Pacheco? Pacheco looked great out there too. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they stepped up big time in the absence of some other guys. So like, yeah. uh, yeah, really impressed with those younger players, right? Sky Moore's a rookie, I think. And then Felda Scanling, yep. is he a rookie as well? No, no, no. He's uh, he came over from Green Bay. He's uh, on a, at least a second contract in the league. So gotcha. Yeah. Uh, no, so great, yeah, great play from them. Yeah, they really did make the Cincinnati defense kind of not look uh, like they were up to the task. But the KC defense, I do want to talk about real quick. A uh, couple of clutch interceptions. Turnovers haven't really been their, their MO this year. But they had two. And they had one called back on a defensive uh, pass interference play, which it's easy to say, like, they only had the interception because of, of said interference. Yes, but also from a mental warfare kind of point of view, that play still existed you know sure it counts it doesn't count scrap it from the books but joe burrow still threw a ball that resulted in a bangle catch or uh i'm sorry uh yeah joe burrow threw a call a ball that a chief resulted in catching you know yeah. that's that still affects the offense that's on the field they don't like that it's like having a uh you know ice in a kicker and he shanks it kind of thing you go, oh shoot, he's probably kind of reeling right now um right. even though that's the worst time you can ice a kicker is when he's going to miss. Uh, that's beside the point. I just want to call out this defense because I think they're actually stepping up. I think this was very clear that this was like uh, the narrative was Mahomes is not going to be the hero of the game, even though he sort of ended up being that anyway. You saw a complete team out there uh, when it came to KC on championship weekend. And I think they were, uh, I mean, we'll save it when we talk about the Super Bowl matchup, but I think they're going to be a really tough order for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. All right, John, moving on now. Uh, this video, Triple Cross, if you're watching this video, is brought to you none other than uh, by none other than our giveaway that we're running right now. If you are watching this far into the video, you are no doubt a football fan. What football fan would not want to win two tickets to the NFL home opener next season of the team of their choice? Uh, I know I would like to do that, John. Uh, as we talk about what we should give away, we try to think of it as what would we actually want? being yep. fans of the sports that we actually follow. Uh, and that, I think this is a pretty incredible prize. And we have a little video here for you guys that I am going to pull up. And you can get some of the details around the giveaway. And here, here it is. The giveaway that's launched today is for two tickets to the home opener of the team of your choice in the NFL next season. If you get pulled as the winner of this giveaway, you could be like, I love the Seahawks. I'd like to go to their home opener, which we'll still buy you tickets. Yeah, that means if you want to go to the first game they play in Seattle in their home stadium, it could be week two, it could be week three, it could be week one. I don't know. Schedules aren't out yet. We will buy you two tickets to that game. This is our biggest prize thus far on this channel by a mile. And I will drop the link to that giveaway down into the show description uh, or they can go to our website right you can absolutely go to our website john thank you for reminding me go to triplecross.live triplecross.live in your web browser you know uh, safari on your 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 yeah. Macs and your your iPhones I think iPhones. a lot of people are using internet explorer these days internet I've heard. explorer uh, google chrome uh, microsoft edge if you're <laughs> weirdo like that right isn't that one of them i don't know amazon Silk, I think, is the one on my smart yeah, that's, uh, TV. Right. I don't uh, know. Anyway, go to triplecross.live. There's a banner right at the top saying, hey, do you like football? Do you want to go to a game? Do you want to go to your favorite team's first home game of next season? 
little click right there, uh, and you'll learn all the details that you need to know to enter into that giveaway. It's that easy, guys. It's all free, by the way. After you enter, you will quickly learn that there's a way to 100 times your chance of winning. But I'll go ahead and let that... uh, that yeah. page on the on the old interwebs do its job uh because we got to get out of here john subscribe to our channel all right john the real us is, is back now yeah <laughs> real us back at it again that's how i start every show i feel like i have to say that when we come back from that little commercial break that we did for yep. ourselves uh, yeah, so if you haven't entered our giveaway already, please go over to triplecross.live and do that. I've also got it linked up down in the show description of this video as well. Uh, you can earn up to 200 bonus entries. So you can get one entry just from uh, kind of basically just sign up and you get a free entry. And then you can earn up to 200 more free entries. There's only free entries. You can't pay to get more entries. You don't need to worry about outrunning somebody's wallet on this. Uh, you can up to 200 times your chance of winning the two tickets to whatever team you want to go to his home opener next season uh, by doing certain actions to gain you bonus entries. It's all free. If you already have 40 entries, we'll go get 40 more. John, say more about it. Um, you should do it. And I agree wholeheartedly <laughs> with that sentiment. It was, this is a lot more I had to say. You said all the things. <laughs> How was I supposed to say more? How was I supposed I to have know. more if I haven't even had anything yet? <laughs> Ooh, love that <laughs> reference um i was really just buying myself some time uh because i needed to i didn't up. buy you very much time i'm sorry that's buddy. okay just enough you know just, just enough john that's uh, all you needed that is all i needed so uh right now i wanted to do something i wanted to explain a certain theme that i i've seen this off season and i think it applies to a lot of seasons but i think there's a couple of really good examples that that I can use here to kind of illustrate something that I think that might seem obvious at first, but only maybe to people who are looking at, at, at situations from a certain dimension. I'm calling drink break. Yeah. Sorry. It was like <laughs> mid sentence. That was it. Sorry. I was, I was getting like, dry. I really, needed to drink. <laughs> I really did. I was getting dry. Um, yeah. So I'm calling this wrinkles all the way through and basically it's the importance of adding new wrinkles to your game plans all the way through the season and the postseason if you make it there so basically my premise here is that the teams that do the best the longest the teams that make it to the super bowl make it to the conference championship games uh they're the teams that can add new stuff into their game plans for the longest throughout the season and the off season take the niners for example you know they start off the season trey lance is a new qb that's a wrinkle right there the offseason talk was all about Ayuk and him training and Ayuk's breakout. He's going to break out this year. And he did. He had a thousand yards this year, even with the quarterback changes that happened. That's the next wrinkle that happened. Jimmy G's return was another wrinkle. Teams had to adjust to that. It's tough to beat teams when they're always adding in new elements to their game plan. After that, you saw the kind of the return of third and Jennings. Uh, Jimmy and Jennings always had this connection on third down. It's pretty supernatural, honestly. Jennings was just an automatic conversion on third down. CMC shows up into town, and immediately there's just a whole new level of dominance, both just individually from him and on a team level of success. Uh, And CMC being there opened it up for Debo, who had kind of had a little bit of an off year leading up to that point. Debo starts to, like, re-break out again, showing who he is over the course of a couple games. This is all, like, every two or three games, there's a whole new X factor, and somebody goes off for a couple of games. Then Jimmy gets hurt. Purdy shows up. Purdy crashes onto the scene. 
you don't think it's going to happen with him, but he looks like the guy who can do it. They're talking about different kinds of things, playmaking, distributing, being a point guard, but he's still a, a big factor that teams are having to account for. And who does he develop the best rapport with quickly? Kittle. Kittle just reemerges as a complete dominant elite receiver in the league, not just a tight end. He's had multiple hundred yard games. He looked great in the last stretch of games. And in the playoffs, he had some massive plays. Uh, I think Purdy's probably the best quarterback for Kittle that he's ever had in his whole career. Uh, their kicker refuses to miss field goals, especially when it came to playoffs. You knew if they were getting certain ways up the field, they were going to get at least a field goal out of it. Uh, all of this led to the longest win streak of the NFL season this year. And the only thing that could stop them was when they ran into the Eagles and Josh Johnson had to be the one taking snaps. And then even if we could have figured that out, he ended up getting hurt and getting taken out too. So that was just too much to overcome, but that's how they got there. And I think barring some of those late things, they could have potentially even reached the Super Bowl. Uh, you could say some of that stuff about the Eagles too, but I thought the illustration of that was a little bit more clear on the Niners. But John, what do you think about this premise that that the more new wrinkles you can add every couple of weeks it makes you a tough team to beat in the league and all the way through the postseason even? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't know what the, that was. A we should just get you a Niners. We should just get you a Niners channel, man. That was a big time Niners <laughs> rant. It was. It was a Niners. <laughs> that was rant. that was like un that was like I, I feel like that was like you're inspired, like, hey man, the Niners are out, so I'm not really gonna get to talk about them anymore. So it's like gotta just get it all out of my system. Well, if you prefer, um I could talk about the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, go on the same length of rant about the Chiefs. No, I, I'll I'll respond to your question. Um so it, I would say that in the, I, I actually like this in game, man, I, I'm going to equate it to basketball. I'm going to try not to equate it to basketball, but I, I honestly kind of can't help it because mm-hmm. this is illustrated across all sport, all across all sports. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. and we've seen this in the NFL before where like Lamar Jackson's breakout year, the Ravens were really, really good. Right. Because it was like, no team was really ready for that. And even if they watched film on them, it's not like you you play the Ravens multiple times a year. Like if you're in their division, you might play them twice. But like other than that, you don't play them multiple times a year. So even if you watch film on him, you don't understand how fast and dominant he is until you get on the field with him. Um, and But that doesn't – you can't just continue to ride that, right? Like once teams have experienced it and they know how to scheme for it, uh, it like it, it loses its effectiveness. So – one of the big concepts that happens in basketball is uh, scheme teams struggle in the playoffs. So teams that like can't uh, can't isn't the right word, but, but teams that really play a scheme, right? Like it's like we're running pick and roll action all the time. And the jazz have suffered from this. We're running pick and roll action all the time, or we're running this like double drag action all the time. Right. And we just operate out of that double drag action as much as the pick and roll is a gold mine. You know, and there's always options out of the pick and roll. Over time, the other team will start to scheme for and cut off the options you like the most out of it. So you're going to have to go to the options you don't like, uh, and it just won't be natural, right? And then usually you make fewer shots, and that's how scheme teams lose playoff series. They get up 2-1, sometimes Mm -hmm. 3-1, and they can lose a playoff series uh, because they don't add wrinkles, right? Or, Or because... 
in basketball, it's not necessarily adding wrinkles so much as like they just don't have like a go-to guy or they don't improvise. A lot of it is right. improvisation in uh, basketball. It's, I, so it's, it's another... the same kind of concept though. It's like if all you do is hammer this, is as effective as those same schemes, same wrinkle, same things, same reads might be, what teams will do is they'll start forcing you to your third option, your fourth option your fifth option and you can take right. it. That's why the third, fourth, fifth, fifth option is there. But then what are you doing? You're always doing what the defense wants, you know, <clears> offensively, <throat> you're always doing what the defense wants or on defense. You're always doing what the offense wants. Cause they're pushing you into the, like the fourth, fifth read. I think that the reason that scheme teams have a hard time in the playoffs or against tougher opponents is because you're actually low on talent in that matchup. You're, you're the lesser team. Just that's sometimes what it kind sometimes of means you, to be sometimes you aren't, but well, I mean, just, maybe you your scheme can scheme. elevate you to above the yeah. other team within the scheme. Like you guys are the right players for the job. Sure. That can happen. But at the same time, like when it comes to like, we all know who the best players are, you know, yeah. generally speaking, and uh, it might take a scheme to overcome better players. So that's where scheme teams kind of find themselves in that territory a lot. But I mean, believe it or not, there was that the Chiefs, they were a team that a lot of people were saying were coming in and they were low on talent, not having Tyreek. What are they going to do? Can Mahomes still get the job done? We haven't really seen him without Tyreek on a large scale. Uh, but don't worry, Mahomes can definitely do it. Uh, Kelsey is a dog. He's always going to be a dog, it seems like. Uh, Mahomes will never stop hitting him for touchdowns. Uh, then you saw new elements added that you weren't necessarily expecting Jet McKinnon's essentially a career revival as a scat back, maybe even more. He's a pretty complete back, honestly, in that offense. And that led to Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Pacheco breaking onto the scene. And he honestly looks to me like he might be an elite new RB top tier in the league. Uh, all the while, Kelsey continues the ball. They get Kadarius Tony midseason, and he's supposed to be this wild card off the field issues, maybe kind of like can't be coached, things like that. A lot of narratives out about him and, and they look wrong because he is another guy who showed up huge in the AFC championship game. Uh, their defense out of nowhere became a turnover machine this late in the season. They're pulling out key turnovers. Like I already said, uh, they were 19th in the league this year in turnovers. So that was not how they had success all season long. They showed up the right time because they're adding new components to help get them over the top and to the mountaintop. Uh, of the Super Bowl, and all the while, like I've been saying throughout, Kelsey is the most consistent player probably in the league when it comes to uh, the playmaking positions. Uh, so, I yeah, think that know, we've proven the strength of this be- across multiple sports. Honestly, I yeah, think, yeah, when, and it's one of those know, things. That, like I said, it sounds obvious, but I'm trying to say, like, not just yeah, you have a lot of weapons, so of course it works. I'm saying there's like a time release mechanism. And you're always keeping opponents guessing and maybe they're pushing you on your heels and you're having to fight back kind of like you said. And that's why these different options present themselves throughout the season. But when you rise to the occasion, when you rise to the occasion, you have then shown that you do have five, six, seven, eight weapons. And then you make it all the harder to even start to scheme against you when it comes to the Super Bowl. Uh, that's what the Eagles, even the Chiefs, are going to have to deal with uh, when they look at the other side of the ball as well. I th- Jalen Hurts yeah, I guys. think that's exactly what happens is is you get pushed into that third op- option, fourth option, fifth option. And then that person, that, that option breaks out and they're really good. And now all of a sudden the other team has to scheme for them, right? And then it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's like having a really great three-point shooter that spreads the floor and it's like, well, we can't help off of him. All of a sudden that team has to scheme for, for like in football, right? Like, it's just like, they have to start scheming for these other guys that you're talking about. Uh, yeah. And then that reopens up Travis Kelsey, right? Because yeah. now they can't double him. Now they can't key off of him. 
um, that reopens up the run from a homes that reopens up a lot of things because it's like, this person has proven that you can't just leave him. Like you can't just like forget about him over there. So I, I don't know if teams purposely add these wrinkles. I don't think that's what it is. I think, I think, that the, I think it's the it's, wrinkles it's, present. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. I think you're ready to embrace those opportunities and you have yep. uh, kind of pre pre-filed away ideas for what you're going to do and you need to show something different. So you do kind of have like a priorities list of where you're going to try to do certain things. And one other factor that could be overlooked in this, just from like a simple point of view is when it comes to roster building, you know, when it comes to the off season, whoever even loses this Super Bowl, they're going to be a big target for a lot of new free agents. Let's say a lot of key players throughout the league who want to earn a ring. They're going to look at all these teams that made it deep into the playoffs. They're going to see them as viable options to maybe get a ring. And these you know, you hate to talk about players like they're just assets, but what you're doing when you're showing that you, you're eight weapons deep is you're actually increasing the the market, the, the value of uh, the current market. Uh, Kadarius Tony, all of a sudden, they got him for, I can't remember what they got him for, but since he's been here, he looks better than he looked where he was before. So you right. essentially increased his value. You could get, some, you could just flip him after the season. You borrowed him, you rented him for half of a season, and you could end up getting more in return than what you had to trade to get him. So you're just piling up more and more assets to go get better and better players. The rich get richer in this kind of situation uh, when you're able to show how deep you are as a team. Uh, I think it's just a very interesting thing where there's, we could keep going on different sub points of it. Uh, it's just, it's many, many layers deep, like an ogre or an onion. And I wanted to point that out. Yeah. I think an ogre. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, just, so I, actually wa- I actually just watched, I actually just watched that like yesterday. Okay. Shrek would have made a great football player. What what position do you I think, think Shrek so. would have played? Dude, I got him as I got him as like the new like Mike Allstott. You know what I mean? Really? Like, I had him as pat- tight end, so pretty close. Like, like fullback. I don't I don't think he's got the hands for it. I just like give give that give that man the ball. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. Okay, just hand just, it to him. Don't complicate and, it. And, and blocking, obviously, he'll, he'll be well, right. Block. Yeah, obviously, he could lead block. Right, do all great that. But, but that's what, what I'm about just... like a what about on defense? Maybe like a defensive lineman. I could see him like Warren. Uh, yeah, edge ru- an edge rusher. Maybe even I don't an know interior D lineman to be a an edge rusher necessarily. Maybe even an yeah an interior D lineman. Even like I could see him being dominant enough to get through. I could see uh, Dunky. I mean, in his up. world, he is like the most physically dominating person that there is or creature that there is. He's not really a person. I can see his buddy donkey being like some free roaming, like free safety because he's got like, he gets wings for a little while there. That's he's true. Just flying around, like picking off balls. Just talking he's also crap. a horse in the second. He's also one. like, he's I feel steed. like the little guys, the littler guys on the field are the ones who talk the most a lot of times. And I, safeties yeah. are chippy, man. They talk a little bit. That's what I've heard. And I think Donkey would talk. I mean, he's Eddie I think Murphy. that's probably, uh, yeah, Donkey's only real recourse as a football player. I don't think he'd be great. Yeah. I think he'd get cut. Him, Shrek. Yeah. Anyway. I think he'd get uh, cut. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. But I mean, Shrek would go wherever Donkey goes. So he wouldn't love that's it. That's true. If they're a package deal, if they're a package deal, then Donkey's going to get a roster spot. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. You got to give him a nice signing bonus, too. He's like Bronny. Right. Donkey's like Bronny James just riding the colt tails over there. <laughs> oh, ouch. Ouch. <laughs> All right, this brings us to the last thing we're going to do today, John. We're going to talk just generally about the Super Bowl matchup, just kind of brain dump what we're looking forward to for the Super Bowl that will be coming up and who inevitably we're going to be maybe not rooting for, but who do we think is going to win now that we actually know the right matchup because I don't think any of us quite had this matchup uh, as we predicted our playoff brackets. We didn't have the two one seeds going, so... Who? Uh, yeah. What are you looking for in this game? Anything particular jump out to you? Anybody you're going to watch super closely? 
I, yeah, I mean, I will be interested to see how well the Chiefs defense contains run. I think this is the thing that happens is that we always say, well, those AFC defenses, they're not ready for the Chiefs run game, or sorry, the Eagles run game. Um, and that, and the, the Eagles aren't ready for the Chiefs pass game. So, but the pass is more potent. So the, the Chiefs will win. And I'm like, well, that's not really true because run game keeps you on the field for wrong, longer. Um, if I'm the Eagles, what I really want to do is control the football, right? Like I don't, I don't want quick possession. Look, if, if you break off a set 60 yard run and score, obviously you're going to take it, but, but that's what I really want to do is control the football. I want to get first downs on the ground, get first downs with short passes. I want to move the sticks and take plenty of time with possessions and end possessions in scores. Um, scoring quick is if I score quick, I score quick, but, but I definitely don't want to like not take very much time on offense. I think that it behooves the Eagles to, for this to be a lower scoring game. Like, I don't think they want it to get out of hand. Uh, on the other on the other end, I think chiefs. So, so the way I see this is I think that the chiefs can just do cheat, do them like chiefs can just play chiefs football. Whereas like, I think the Eagles might need a scheme specifically for this matchup. So I guess what I'm saying is I think that the chiefs are more talented uh, but it is an that's football. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. If the Eagles do control the football uh, and they get up by a couple scores, then and they continue to control the football, then I could see them winning. Are you calling the Eagles a scheme team? Uh, no, they've got they've got some scheme scheme breakers. Like Jalen Hurts is certainly a scheme breaker. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess that would be the. I, I would I would call them. That's I wouldn't call the scheme, them a scheme is like team. Smash Mouth football, and he is a Smash Mouth like running yeah, football w- quarterback. I don't know that I would call them a scheme team. I think they're a scheme team as much as any football team is. Uh, I think they're certainly talented, but I, I think that the Chiefs are like a more talented football team. And I don't know. Uh, I know that uh, Mahomes will now have two weeks to recover. That's great for an ankle sprain. Like usually you can get relative. It is high, but still, I think usually you can get relatively recovered from an ankle sprain in two weeks. Um, plus, he showed us that he can like operate with it uh hopefully some of their other injury players will be back so at the end of the day i do kind of think that the chiefs are maybe a little more talented uh but yeah no i mean there is yeah like that run factor right that that first year smash mouth like super threat threat on the legs quarterback that can make things happen um so yeah i'm not saying that they I, i would give the chiefs the favorite you know i think they're a little bit more talented but I think if the Eagles play the game right, then they can keep it close. And if they keep it close, they can win. I think they won't. My take on this game is that it's going to look really similar to the AFC championship game. Uh, I think that you're going to see Mahomes and the Chiefs do what they do and take the lead pretty early. And I think that the Eagles are going to do what they do and not really switch it up, not go super pass-heavy to try to dig themselves out of an early hole. I think they're going to kind of ground it out, eventually start to break down Kansas City's defense on the ground and inevitably become a little bit more effective on the ground, especially when it comes to like the red zone. I mean, they scored four uh, rushing touchdowns last week, last weekend. That's pretty much their style of football. They want to they want to score that way. So I think they will eventually, but I'm expecting KC's defense to do what we saw in the AFC Championship too, rise to the occasion uh at least just enough. I think the Chiefs are the Chiefs and this is super true about Patrick Mahomes when it comes to big games. I think it'll be true this time even on an injury. 
he's not going to look the best we've ever seen him because of the ankle injury, but similar to the AFC Championship and so many other games before, we're going to see him do just enough. He's just talented enough to where he's going to He's got analyze. that clutch, Gene. He's going to see where the bar is, and then he's going to do just enough to clear it. That's just what super talented guys do. And he, he is the Michael Jordan of the league. Uh, that's the comp I would use for that kind of scenario is MJ was great at just like sensing the competition and how high it was going to get. And he would go one millimeter higher to ensure yep. that he was the However most competitive guy and his team was the most competitive team. I think we're going to see that Adam Mahomes. I think it could be a close game, but I think that the chiefs pretty much hold the lead almost all time with a late run by the Eagles. And then the, the chiefs defense is going to break down a bit. And their offense is going to pick it back up and do the whole, when it comes down to it, we're going to be the last team that scores because we can score so fast. If you give us the ball back with a minute 30, we're going to score again and beat That's you. Too much time. If, if you give us the ball back with six minutes, you know, we'll score. We'll give you back the ball. You'll score. We'll score again after that, whatever. Or they'll drain the clock out maybe. Uh, and when it comes down to it, they're going to be smart and not make those, those mistakes that the Bengals made. And the Eagles, I still think, are – capable of making some of those types of mistakes that could ruin their chances late in the game. So, Yeah, no, Andy Reid coach teams are usually pre- pretty disciplined teams. Uh, I I think for a rookie quarterback, Jalen Hurts is good, right? Uh, he's, he's a good quarterback. For a rookie quarterback, if if the game comes down to like the last six minutes and it's like, yeah, this is, this is clutch time and nobody's two scores up or whatever uh, – to ask a rookie quarterback to both score, especially if it's a touchdown, to both score and manage the clock so that Mahomes can't get the ball back with enough time, it's a lot. That's a big ask of a rookie, no matter how good they are. That's a big ask of Patrick Mahomes as a rookie. Um, so, yeah, no, I think, like I said, yeah, I do think the Chiefs are the are the more talented team here. I think the Eagles, yeah, they – that style of smash mouth run the ball football, it is really reliable, right? So we know what to expect about them from them. I got AirPods falling Fumble, out. fumble. Fumble that AirPod. Come on, ear. You could be better than that. Uh, yeah, I'm looking to trade my left ear in the offseason if anybody's interested. So Ooh, um, it's not a scheme fit. <laughs> if, I could, if I could get maybe a second nose for it, I don't know. Ooh, uh, interesting. That'd be weird, two noses. Like, but Sideways the other nose smelling. would have to be... Yeah, the other that de- nose would have to be right there where the ear was. You could literally smell stuff coming. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. My hearing would be real bad, though. All right, um, one last question, John. One last yeah. question. Uh, it sounds like we both have the Chiefs going into it. Uh, I want to know who gets your game ball. The chalk answer would be Mahomes, so I'm going to take him off the table. Can't answer with Mahomes, uh, assuming we both have the Chiefs winning. Who gets your game ball? Uh, I'll go first to, to let you think about it. I think that the game script that I called for, there's going to have to be some big plays late in the game where they will overcome the Eagles at the end of the game. Uh, Maybe the Eagles come up and tie it. Maybe they take a small lead, like a field goal lead or something, and there's going to be a late drive where Mahomes wins the game, I think, for them. And I think it's going to be on the back of a big play. And MVS is kind of the big play guy. But my guess is going to be – he's kind of few and far between. He's the guy who has the incredible like 80 yard plays or 70, whatever yard, whatever it was yard play uh, in that game, huge play, but I'm going to give it to a guy who's a little bit more, has a little bit higher hit rate, I think, and maybe 
a little bit less like designed for the deep, deep plays, but he can make something happen on any given play. And it's not going to be Travis Kelsey either. I'm going to go Kadarius Tony. I liked what I saw from Kadarius Tony. I think that he might not have the most incredible stat line at the end of the game, but he's going to be in a big moment. I think this guy is looking to prove himself the same way he did last weekend. I think he does not like that narratives have been negative about him generally throughout his career. He's was in a questionable, at least situ, situation. Uh, some players don't go great with the Giants franchise. And it looks like he's got a home for himself in KC. So I think he's looking to prove himself. He wants to be the hero. I don't think he'll have the biggest stat line, but maybe like four or five catches, uh, maybe up to like 120 yards, though, 130 yards with like a big touchdown or at least a big play in there. Uh, I think there's going to be one game-breaking play with maybe five minutes left from Kadarius Toney. From Patrick Mahomes. Okay, yeah. Um, so yes, Chiefs. I think we both have the Chiefs here to win this. I'm gonna go the other direction with this go though, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Chris Jones. Um, I think he comes up with a big defensive stop at some point, right? Like in that clutch time, in that time where it's like, oh, the Eagles could score. Are we gonna get the ball back? Uh, he comes up with like a a big clutch. Maybe I, I mean I think he he maybe does a couple things throughout the game, stops some runs. Um, because we know they're going to get run at, you know, we know that they're going to run the ball. So I think he maybe stops some run short is maybe the unsung hero for a minute, but maybe in the fourth quarter, we see a big sack from him. And then another, like really down the stretch in the last few possessions, a big sack from him to force like a fourth and long or a really long field goal that they miss or some kind of situational thing where it's like, you know, maybe not fourth down, maybe not that big, like, but like, if you point back to it, it's like, Oh, it was actually Chris Jones in this moment that like turned the turned the game tied and made it so we got the the Chiefs got the ball back in in a, in a really you know clutch situation got another score on the board got two scores up and and then weren't uncatchable with four or five minutes left or something like that uh, by a team that runs the ball a lot so uh, yeah I'm going Chris Jones with it I think that's incredibly likely to happen too similar game script uh, they both honest that both those things could happen and then those those two guys are kind of fighting for the game ball. But honestly, right. I think we both would answer Mahomes if we could. Uh, I just wanted yeah, to know who yeah, we yeah. think will be the key contributor. Maybe there'll be a graphic. Maybe we can take a victory lap if there's a graphic of Pat Mahomes, Kadarius Tony, and Chris Jones. Yeah, I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there will be. That seems like I mean, a likely graphic. You never know. You never know. <laughs> uh, um, well, I mean, I'm sure that the NFL commentators probably listen to our show. So they're probably working on the graphic already, I'm guessing. Probably. Problem. Yeah, where do you think no, they get their definitely. material, John? Um, no, I, I so so give me. I got one more for you though. Like, how, where do you see? What do you think you'll you'll think out of Jalen Hurts, or what do you think after Jay, after this game? What do you think you'll be saying about Jalen Hurts specifically? Will you be saying like meh, or will you be saying like hey, he stepped up big, it just wasn't enough, or will you be like yeah, this is you know he's not as good as is the hype? I think that it's probably going to come down. It's probably not going to matter. Really, we're going into mm. the offseason after this next game regardless, right? So you're going to be looking to next season no matter what. No matter who wins this game. Yeah. It's a short-lived victory. You get to celebrate it all offseason long. But all the other teams are looking forward to next season at that point. So nobody wants to hear your celebrations anyway, right? So everybody's going to immediately look to say, can Jalen Hurts be an MVP candidate next year again? Is this a flash in the pan? Or is he the real deal? I think he's proven that he's the real deal to a certain degree. 
Uh, he's a he's a top fifteen quarterback, no matter which way you cut it. I think that's fair to say. I find it difficult to believe that he's going to have as much success next year, just given that there's always a little learning curve when you ascend to that elite level at the quarterback position, a la Lamar or a lot of these guys we see kind of break out, then kind of have an off year. I do think Jalen Hurts will be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I think next year could be a slight regression year, though. Uh, and I don't wish that on him, but I think that's going to be that's going to be the guy I think potentially could go down. So I, I think that it's the word I would use is disappointing, maybe next year. Yeah. Even if the Eagles have great team success, go to the playoffs, deep in the playoffs again. I think it. I don't think he's Superman. I think you could have a Cam Newton type of effect where. Cam kind of had a reputation where he was a great quarterback, got his teams to the promised land, uh, didn't really always perform the best in those moments. And then all of a sudden his career just kind of fa- like fizzled. And I'm not calling for a fizzle. I'm calling for a mini fizzle one season kind of off year from Jalen Hurts before we see him actually ascend into at least the top 10 for the rest of his career. You, you, do, you, do you think you'll, do you think that he'll be disappointing in this game? I think in this game, that is going to be the debate. Okay. Did he look, I think you're going to have people who want to say, he doesn't Does he look, look like that a bad. Champion? They yeah. defend him. I mean, they got here because of him. They didn't do great without him. Of course he was a big factor, but ultimately I don't think he'll have enough to get them over the top. So the blame or, you know, whatever you want to say, it's going to ultimately rely on him. And I think that the most objective thing, you or, or at least, like, because he's so built up right now, I think it will look disappointing because of... The, similar to the NFC Championship game. I don't think yeah. you look at that and say, Jalen Hurts wrecked the game. I think he had a pretty bad... He threw up for, like, 120 yards. So. Nah, did he need to throw for a lot more? No, but, like, did he look dominant? No, he didn't. So that's how I think it'll look. Yeah, I'm on board with that take. Let's do it. Let's let's get out. Say the YouTube things. All right. Say the We're out of here. Platform From Cross Podcast, thank you for hanging out with us today as we talk about conference uh, championship week and the upcoming Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. Uh, make sure you enter our giveaway down below in the show description, or you can go to triplecross.live. You can earn up to 200 bonus entries to win, so you can get 201 total entries. Uh, that's 201. Think about the, like, rolling big ball thing that they pull the numbers out of uh you could have 201 balls with your name on it and that's gonna make it pretty uh i'm not gonna say pretty likely but you're gonna have better odds than most if you get all those entries so you could win those two tickets to the home opener of your choice next season in the nfl so make sure you sign up for that make sure you also hit the like button on this video because you know you liked it if you watched an hour's worth of it uh subscribe to our channel so that we can see that you appreciate our content and hit the bell icon so you get notifications to live shows so you can jump into the chat tell us what you think live on the show and we will react to it uh for you so that you can make sure your voice is getting heard tell us that the chiefs are awesome tell us that the eagles are awesome tell us the niners suck whatever you want you know tell us the niners are your favorite team we don't mind it we want to hear whatever you have to say uh join us for our super bowl our super bowl live stream uh make sure you attend that because that's where we're going to be reading off the winner to our giveaway for the home opener next season to get tickets to there so make sure you join us on that super bowl live stream so you can find out if you won we will have to confirm that you're the winner before we give you the tickets so you're gonna have to see it 
Uh, make sure you check us out. Super Bowl live stream. Be there. Be square. Until then, Triple Cross, you keep it real. Let's go.